Welcome to the Get Emergent Podcast. On our Driving Leadership episodes, you'll witness conversations with leaders from all walks of life and learn about what drives them to lead. You'll hear about their leadership development, current challenges that face them in their organizations, and stories about leadership. I'm Bill Berthel, and my desire to demystify leadership and have real conversations with leaders is what drives me. Joining me today is Fanny Villarreal. Fanny, welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm doing awesome, Fanny. I'm so excited to uh, have this conversation with you. You're such a powerhouse, an important woman in Syracuse. (laughs) You're awesome to talk with. This is going to be a high-energy podcast, so everybody (laughs) buckle in. Fanny, you're the executive director of the Syracuse YWCA. Tell me and our listeners just a little bit about what you do. First of all, I want to say thank you very much for the opportunity, Bill. This is great. Oh, thank you. And (laughs) so the YWCA, which I love, our mission is to eliminate racism, empowering women and girls, and promote peace, justice, freedom, and equity for all. So as you can see, it's something that I can relate to because I love all of that. So it's embedded in my mind, in my heart, everywhere. Lots of people in our listening population, I think, know you, Fanny. You're such a uh, well-networked personality, person who leads in the Syracuse area. So I think your leadership story is uniquely important to our listeners. Share with me, please, what's your big why? Why are you a leader? You know, I'm always considering myself part of a team. Mm. Well, everything that I do, if you want to call leadership, it will be for two major reasons. Number one is my huge and my biggest blessing, which is my two boys. I have two boys that I love and they're the light of my life. So they show me the way. Mm. And also my belief in God, you know, I love to serve. I love to do good things for people. And I always do it in a lot of different ways and a lot of different capacities. And that's what I do. And, And one of those doing things, maybe somebody saw me and that's when open opportunities for me, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you live that so authentically, Fanny. Every time I get an opportunity to meet with you or talk with you, that really radiates in your energy. It's so authentic. Take me on your leadership journey. Where did it start for you? Like, what, what, Take us on your, on your story, your path. You know, as I mentioned earlier to you, I'm not really sure when it started. I yeah. do things because I do things, I guess, it's home. When I see my parents or my sisters and brothers doing this stuff, I remember in high school, I decided to do one thing and then I start convincing kind of everybody, oh, what about this? <laughs> if we do this, we can get this. And they were like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And that kind of stuff. And I guess I kind of maybe sold the idea and, and yes, then we yes. move into it. Um, I think I did the same thing at church. I did the same thing when I was going to the university when I have an idea and then I start like, how can we figure it out how to get this thing done? And then I start from the end result, coming back to how I will do that. And then I start talking Mm. with people about that. And I'm like, what about this? What about that? What about that? Knowing what the end result will be. Right. And so I get excited and then we go through the process. We go through that way or to that idea. And then we have thing happened and i'm like wow okay this is awesome let's celebrate now (laughs) just as 
much it's as good. you have as you work yes, that's as yes. much as you have to play as well <laughs> yeah no i love it i love it so you're, you're such an influencer you you really do reach out to get other people involved in what you want to accomplish talk to me a little bit about the ywca and some of the important work you're doing now so the ywca as i mentioned the mission is very wrong so the programs that we have are based on our mission. For instance, we have a woman's residence where we work and walk with the ladies through their own story, right? We all yeah. are, have different stories. We all are different worlds. And for what is good for me could be something bad for somebody else. And so we have 55 apartments in one complex. And we invite them to come and live with us for them to reconnect with themselves. Mm. And these ladies are homeless ladies that in one point of time, they've been through domestic violence, maybe some alcohol and drug addictions, and maybe some mental health issues, or some of them have them all. So that's what I said, that is very individual and person-centered services that we provide, because we understand that not all the cases are the same. And so we work in individual basis and we walk with them and we help them to see the light at the end of the road. And for some, that lie is in three months. And for some, that lie is at the end of three years. Mm -hmm. Or for some, we'll never find it because a lot of issues coming up, coming up, coming up. But it's very inspiring when you see a lady that comes and she's been asking for money in the corner and then suddenly you see them working and changing their life 360. And it's like, a wow, oh my God, we got to celebrate. So we go and, and do a lot of things and we, we make sure that they understand the impact that they have for the other ladies behind her and the impact for the city of Syracuse and the impact for the YWCA because it's a little thing, but when you see it in a big context, it's a huge thing because now there's working, paying taxes, being able to buy stuff, being able to make their own decisions, being able to buy a car, to get a credit card, all those things are huge. But for somebody that has no idea how other people um, life is, it yeah. will be nothing. And so that's what we do at the YWCA. And then we have the girls in programming. So we provide services to the girls so they will be smart, mm -hmm. strong, and ball and so the services that we provide we provided in the agencies as well as different schools in the city of syracuse for instance we have the psla of father high school we provide services there seymour van dyne and other schools and we are trying to get into more schools because it is important for girls to know that you can be whatever you want and you can dream. The idea is that they will never end up in our woman's residence. So that's what we do, what we do. In terms of eliminating racism, we create events. We have educational opportunities. And so we try to bring all of those to companies, to individuals, to families, to everybody that wants to learn about how to eliminate racism in our city of Syracuse and Onondaga County. <laughs> I mean, it must be incredibly rewarding to be empowering these women and girls and changing their lives in such an impactful way. I have to imagine there's a lot of challenges in your work and in your industry. What's uh, 
maybe one or two what keeps you up at night what's got you most challenged I think the most challenging thing that happened to us at the YWCA a few years ago when the government changed mm. and so the federal government changed the rules and they thought that studies done in other parts of the United States will work in the New York State. And what happened when they did that is they cut the funding for transitional housing. Wow. And they want to just focus on permanent housing, permanent housing, and permanent housing. Permanent housing is great when you already pass from emergency shelter to a transitional housing and then sure. permanent. Right. But if you go from emergency to permanent, it's extremely difficult because you are one day in the street and the next day you have a permanent housing. No, that's not how it works because mm. you need services in between. And so that was the most difficult time when I did have to say to HUD, Housing, Urban and Development, thank you, but no thank you. And we don't want your funding because that will not work with the population that we're working because they want us to change the programming. And I said, we can now change the program. And so we said, thank you, but no thank you. So we ended up losing $200,000. And $200,000 for a medium, small organization, it was a lot of money. Sure. But then I started praying. <laughs> and so through that, other funding and people, and we make it up work. And I don't even know how, but that's how it happened. And wow. I'm like, thanks, God. And then we got funding from another forum senator from Assembly, and we ended up having the program. So, you know, we don't receive federal funding anymore, which is great. So you don't have to follow their rules. What I hear in that, Fanny, is you clearly knew and understood the value and importance of your programming, and you tied your efforts and energy to mission, not money. Absolutely. We are not going after the money. We know what the mission is. And the mission is the one that helps us to make the decisions. Mm. And in that case, I'm like, okay, so thank you, but no thank you. We cannot receive that funding because we are not changing. And then they said, okay. And I'm like, okay. I cry later, but today I said no. <laughs> <laughs> You're brave. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure there are tears. <laughs> oh, yeah, I cry. Believe me, I cried the whole week thinking I'm sure. what I'm going to do now. Oh, my God. Mm, but yeah, scary, right? yeah. like I said earlier, God is so good and so big and he figured out ways that I couldn't. And then the funding came just alone. I'm like, oh, thank you. OK. <laughs> so, Fanny, you've got some great stories. We don't have time for all of them, unfortunately, but I'll have you back for another episode at some point in time. <laughs> I love to ask leaders for their advice for our listeners. So if you had a few pieces of advice to give our listeners, you know, some of our listeners are already leaders in the community. There might be aspiring leaders. They might be thinking, gosh, leadership, I don't even know what it is, really. Like, I don't know if it's for me or not. What would you give for advice? You know, I think listen, listen, and listen. Mm. Um you know, I could think that I know them all, right? right? <laughs> and I could create a lot of different programming, but what would be good to create when you don't know if they're going to work? Yeah. So you have to listen. If you are a leader in a not-for-profit, for example, in my case, right? Mm 
If you are a leader, you have to listen what the people that you're serving say. You also have to listen to the staff members mm -hmm. and then create the programs according with what you think is they are looking for. We usually, what we do in order to do that, before COVID, we used to do focus groups, but after COVID, we've been doing surveys and surveys and surveys just to make sure that we know that those services are the ones that they are needed. Remember, I mentioned to you that we provide person-centered services. So we have mm -hmm. to make sure that that's the main, it's like a, having a menu. When you go to a restaurant, you have a menu and you pick what you want to eat, right? That's exactly what we have. So we have all this menu of all the services and things that we could offer you. And so then you can look at it and say, oh, I wanted to do this. I would love to do that. I want to learn about this. That's what we do. In terms of my staff, I love my staff. And I always say that I am surrounded by awesome people. Mm -hmm. And so that awesome people help me to make sure that the mission that we're working on, it's done. The board of directors that we have now, it's just a group of people that I couldn't ask for better. Mm. They are so into it. They are in the fundraising. You have no idea. Everybody probably will complain about that they are there, but they are not doing no fundraising. Right. In my case, they are the ones that are doing fundraising and they're looking for opportunities wow. and then they will come and tell me. And then if I have a situation or if I have a concern or if I have a question, they are the best people that I could call and say, hey, I have this. What do you think? And, you know, some people say that when you show that you are vulnerable, it's because you are not a good leader. You are not a strong leader. And that's not true. If I need to cry, I cry. Yes. If I need to laugh, I laugh. Because that's me. What you see is what you get. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm always trying to be me, right? So you mentioned it earlier that I'm very energetic, that I love to talk to everybody and show all the stuff that we do here. And that's actually what we do. So leaders have to be authentic. Yes. So listen, listen and listen, be authentic. And if you are doing something that, if you know something that you wanted to do, probably in my case works to have the end result here and then come back backwards so you know exactly what the steps you wanted to do i'm always working that way whether it's good or not it works for me my end result and then come back and then figure it out the steps you reverse engineer it from where you yeah. want it to go yeah exactly love it love that idea fanny thank you so much thank you for your time <laughs> and your energy as always it's a pleasure and honor getting to spend time with you thank you thank you very much Listen for more episodes of Driving Leadership right here on the Get Emergent Podcast, where we'll continue the conversations with a new leader every month. And come back for more leadership content with Cindy Massengill and Ralph Simone, where they discuss real leadership challenges in a practical and relatable format.